Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Man, does this smell good. Wolfing down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Lou. Hey boys. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. Hi, it's noon. It's Wednesday. It's time for Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Aaron Maloney is here. Aaron. So, Suns point guard Chris Paul suffered a groin injury on Monday against the Denver Nuggets, and Phoenix is preparing to be without him for games three to five, according to the athletic Sham Sharania. Tough. I mean, anytime you pull a groin, a hamstring, those are those those soft tissue injuries where you pull them. Um, it's tough to heal from. I'm told he's going to have an MRI later today. They're going to know more. But the, their next game is on Friday, and I think he's got to be uncertain for Friday, given there's you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday. We got three days break. between games. And then now it says now Sham Sharania is saying this about Chris Paul. CP3 is going to be out uh, at least one week. That's going to be game three, most likely through game five, if they can get to a game five. Right now they're down 2-0, so they're going to have to force this series to get extended. So our Sanderson Ford poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com, and it asks... With Chris Paul reportedly out games three through five, how many of those contests will the Suns win? Zero, one, two, or three? Well, okay, if you say any less than two, you're saying their season's over, right? Yeah. I'm going to say two. They're going to win two. I think they're going to win one for sure. Um, I'll, I'll say two. It's not, an, it's not a lack of respect for Chris Paul, but I, I do think they can win without him. I don't know if they can win the series without him, but I'll say two. Ready for this? 36% say zero. Oof. 31% say one. 20% say two. 14% say three. So 67% think the series is done. Wow. How about the 14% that are saying three? <laughs> we got you right where we want you. Now Chris Paul's hurt and we're down 2-0. I, I've been telling you for the longest time that CP3 is garbage. <laughs> He's right? the one I ruining mean, everything. Right, exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness, who are you people? I don't know. But that, the, I, I mean, they need to get together with the people that are saying zero. <laughs> it's done and we're getting swept. Just leave me alone. Woo! <laughs> Cardinals head coach Jonathan Gannon spoke to the media yesterday and he talked about the pressure on the coaches to deliver on high draft grades. It is a big time challenge and you gotta you gotta learn about the person first before you get to the before you get to that. And um, I think Monty said it best about the A grade, you know, we'll see in a couple of years, you know. I've been on teams that <clears throat> You know, you maybe get a not a very good grade, and they end up being really good players. So, um, and vice versa. So, everybody's different. But I think that there is a challenge to you. Got to figure out what makes them tick and how they learn and all those things. All the different ways that you can teach something to somebody. You got to figure out just like all our guys right now. What is the best way for them kind of to do that? So, um, and that takes a little bit of a process. But um, we're excited about it. Other than Paris Johnson Jr. Who are you most excited for? 
in this Cardinals draft class. I mean, for me, it's B.J. Ocelari. For the reasons we said earlier, that you have an all-SEC first-team player that, as you pointed out, Wolf, is a two-time captain at LSU. That's the... First of all, the Cardinals have had a history of getting some of their best players in the second yeah. round. And I know it's a different regime, but uh, yeah, I, he's the one I'm the most excited about. Even if Paris Johnson is the better player, it's going to be a lot easier to notice what Ojolari does. Yeah, you know what, uh, Paris Johnson Jr. is the one that I really can't wait to see. I think he's going to do very, very well. I think he's going to bury somebody right there. Can I just t- talk about what you just played, though? To me, once once again, one of the biggest changes is how you, how you coach an NFL player now. It used to be you just would teach the kid. You would just teach him, whoever it was. When I came through in the NFL, you just taught. That's what you did. As a coach, you would teach. Now, in the NFL, you have to reach before you can teach. What about preach? Huge difference. Teach, what? reach, and preach. That's the only other That's word I can think right of. There. I don't know. No, you know what? I, that, I, I like it. You got to reach before you can teach. Preach! So come on, give me a speech. Oh, look at this. I just did. Everybody's just... Oh, he didn't get the poem. No, he didn't. It rhymed. Speech, Speech, reach, preach. preach. (laughs) Wolf's like, what are you talking about? I just gave you a speech. (laughs) I'm going to take everything literally This is so good, ladies and gentlemen. This is what two hours of sleep looks like. Cardinals offensive coordinator Drew Petzing spoke to the media as well yesterday, and he discussed the importance of Kyler Murray and Paris Johnson Jr. growing closer and starting a relationship. You always want that bond. I think guys that that feel close to each other in terms of shared common goals, um, you know, guys that have respect for each other and have that relationship tend to play harder for each other. You know, so I think it's it's great to see that, and that's certainly just the beginning of it. And it's not just going to be between the two of them. Right? It's got to be between everybody on that field and in that meeting room. Uh, I think it's a good start, and certainly got a long way to go. How important do you think it is? <laughs> Wolf, I'm talking to you. Because you were best friends with all of the players you played with. I, honestly, I love, my, I love my teammates, Basinonians. I did. I love my teammates. But there were a lot of them that I didn't get along with. Not a lot of them. I don't want to say that. There was a handful I didn't get along with. Name they one. They didn't look. No, I'm not going to name names. But there was one time I was trying to break this guy's nose. I had both hands on his face mask. And I was jerk the just trying to jerk it down and break his nose. And you consider that not getting along with somebody? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I did, and yet he turned out to be one of my best friends on the team going forward. Oh. But I fought him. Wait, my rookie year. Was, and, was he on your team when you fought him? Yeah. Oh, he was. Okay. Yeah. Well, well. And then I, but I, but I I'm saying things, things change. You don't have to like the guy that you line up next to. You don't have to. You just have to respect him. Sometimes and you fight him, you're going to have that mutual respect. Sometimes you don't want to break your teammates' nose, too. It's it's anything goes. Oh, boy, that, that split second, I wanted to bust his nose so badly. I wanted to just fly all over the field at that point. But I was 23 years old. Oh, I don't think I have to answer after Wolf's answer. I forgot even what the question was. The Lakers <laughs> stole game one on the road versus the Warriors in the Western Conference semifinals last night, 117 to 112. Would a fifth ring mean more for LeBron or Steph? Wow. Ooh, that's a good question. Um, LeBron. 
I mean, it LeBron. gets him one closer to, to gets, Jordan. I mean, that's what it is. But the thing it's is, LeBron. man, if Steph wins, he has more than LeBron. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm going to go with Steph on this because Steph is a is an all-time great, and he played in the same era as LeBron and would have more rings than LeBron. So I'm actually going to go with Steph in this one. Yeah, by the way, LeBron, too, did you happen to notice? He is six of his last 41 from shooting threes. Six of his last 41. Think about that. Holy cow, yet he keeps pulling the trigger. All, all I can LeBron. think is that's like more uh, more threes than the entire Suns team has shot. Like, <laughs> LeBron has taken It's incredible. Them. No, yeah, I, I think it means more for LeBron because he is what um, everyone else compares to Michael Jordan. And it's that comparison right there that makes me say it's LeBron and not stuff. Yeah, yeah on, on the... On, Yes, on, on the biggest level, it, you're right. I just think if you go under the radar and kind of look at it for a second, you're like, wait, this guy was LeBron's contemporary. He's an all-time great. He beat LeBron in the finals a couple of times, and he has more rings. Uh, all right, that's Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Thank you, as always, Aaron. Uh, I could also say this to you, Wolf. Every time Brandon Fodd gives up a run, I feel personally offended. Oh, man. He's only given up two, but oh, okay. each time one scores, I'm just like, you know. Okay, I know. What are you doing, Brandon? Uh, score the hottest ticket in town. Suns playoff tickets. Just text tickets the 620-620. Register and listen for your name today during the noon and 5 o'clock hours for your chance to qualify for Game 3 and Game 4 tickets. See the Suns take on the Nuggets. Again, that's ticket to 620-620. And oh, by the way, it is the noon hour, so be listening. We come back. How do the Suns move forward with Chris Paul sidelined? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The hottest ticket in town. Fire! Fire! Well, it is the noon hour, Wolf, so it's time to qualify somebody for the hottest ticket qualifier. And for uh, for right now, it is Mackenzie Young from Mesa. Mackenzie, you have 10 minutes to call 602-260-9870 to qualify for Suns playoff tickets on Friday or Sunday night against the Nuggets. If Mackenzie doesn't call within 10 minutes, then we're going to open up the phone lines to somebody else next segment. If you didn't hear your name, you can still qualify by texting ticket to 620-620 and listen for your name in the 5 o'clock hour today. Once again, Mackenzie Young from Mesa. Ten minutes to call 602-260-9870. Let's go, Mackenzie. All right, so, I mean, Mackenzie hasn't called because it's only been one second. But um, Let's go, Mac. There's a better chance Mackenzie Young is at the Suns game than Chris Paul on Friday. That's just sad. Yeah. Nothing is that McKenzie. I don't think McKenzie's going to play point guard yeah. for the Suns. Um, look, Chris Paul hasn't been ruled out. The Suns are listing him as day-to-day, but as you, as you mentioned earlier, Wolf, sometimes day-to-day for the Suns is... Day to day, today, 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 today. Oh, please. Yeah. We, we've seen that right there. Days How to days. Long? Yeah, day to day means, you know, it's going to be weeks. <laughs> it just feels that way. It's going to be weeks, as in two, when it's day to day. Um, it's not good news for the Phoenix Suns. It really is not. And one of the big reasons why is because, as we all know, Chris Paul, an integral piece, I would say, to this team going forward. I, it doesn't look good right now. Yeah, Devin Booker and Kevin Durant are going to have to pick up the slack 
And maybe that's exactly what they needed. Maybe it is. Maybe this is something where the Suns are going to get jabbed right in the rib to a point where they start, okay, give me the ball and get out of my way. Maybe... Maybe it makes them uncomfortable, and maybe being uncomfortable totally focuses them in a way they have not been focused. It feels like they've been jabbed in the ribs a lot (laughs) in this series. Um, Here's Shams. Shams with his update on Chris Paul. Groins are tough. I mean, anytime you pull a groin, a hamstring, those are those those soft tissue injuries where you pull them. Um, it's tough to heal from. I'm told he's going to have an MRI later today. They're going to know more. But the, their next game is on Friday, and I think he's got to be uncertain for Friday, given there's you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday. We That's got three days break. between games, sure. but uh, I don't know if groin injuries heal in just three days. So especially when you're Chris Paul's, um, you know, he's a, he's a veteran. Advanced age is that. What you're trying to say? In, yeah. in, bas- in, okay. in basketball, basketball terms, obviously. Age, yeah. um, but listen, he, it's, it's going to be tough with three days to heal from this groin injury. They just need to go out and win on Friday as a birthday present to Chris Paul, whose birthday is Saturday. And then you can just put this miserable calendar year for Chris Paul. I'm yeah. sure you know. I'm sure he's having good moments in his actual life. But as far as basketball, everything in that Mavericks series went downhill the moment his birthday hit last year, and just put a bow on it and start turning it the other way this weekend. Yeah, you just don't want to hear him say something about how basketball, there are other things in life. Is that what you were saying the other day? (laughs) I I don't know. That was a bad sign last year Um, in the playoffs. Look, not a surprise. This is coming down right now. Uh, We all suspected this. It's being called a strained groin, and that's better than a pulled groin. There is a strain, and there's a pull. And the pull, you're going to be three weeks. I'm sorry. They don't have three weeks. You're going to be three weeks. You're going to be two weeks. And that's, boy, that is really optimistic if you're going to say two. With a strain, you're looking at seven to ten days. Well, Strain groin. Well, just remember when Devin Booker had that left groin strain. I mean, basically said, I'm looking at the Devin Booker injury update back on December 28th, 2022. It just said, further evaluation has confirmed that the Phoenix Suns guard Devin Booker has sustained a left groin strain. He'll be reevaluated in four weeks. Oof. Yeah. And that's Booker. Four, four weeks. And that's Booker who is, is, you know. Now, wait a minute. Did they say groin strain and they gave him four weeks? Okay, you know, once again, that makes me think immediately. We're just don't, you know, we don't care. Basically, that's the regular season, and as it's being exactly. shown, nobody in the NBA cares that's about what the it regular is right there. season. And why would you? Because if you look at the seeds of the teams that are Man. still left, who cares about the regular season other than uh, Denver and Boston? I guess I- I've never seen a guy that had a strained groin miss more than two weeks in ten years of playing in the National Football League. <laughs> I've never seen a guy who had a strained groin miss more than two weeks. Okay, well, either way, two weeks puts us on May 17th, and this series is over one way or the other before May 17th. So the Suns are going to have to do at least some of this without Chris Paul. You know, we all want Chris Paul to play, and, and I think sometimes you forget how important he is until you see them without him. Like for a game, not for five minutes in the middle of a game, but like for an actual game. 
but it's it's not the biggest issue in the series to me right now. Is it really for you? I mean, if you if you told me, hey, the Suns are up 2-0, but they don't have Chris Paul, or hey, you can have Chris Paul back, but you're going to be 0-2, yeah. we're all going to take the wins. It's the fact that they only have one more loss left that is the bigger issue right now. Yeah, you know, again, what is the impact of no Chris Paul? The flow of this offense is going to be stifled to some degree, which puts a lot more emphasis on shot-making shot making the flow of the offense i think is going to be hampered but what about shot making it puts a lot more emphasis on that and when you talk about shot making you're talking about devin booker and kevin durant See, it's funny because when you say that yes that's everybody's first thought and it's mine too if those two hit their shots you have a chance but i think the last game showed us there has to be a third guy making shots. Unless See, I disagree with that because KD was 10 of 27 from the field. Well, okay. Knock it off. But are you assuming Shoot the ball like you're Kevin Durant? I, I can't assume that Jamal Murray is going to be a non-factor on Friday. So, even if Booker and KD combine for what they had 59 the other night, they combined, let's say they See, say they get you 75. <laughs> that doesn't guarantee you a win if nobody else can score. Yeah, I, I know it doesn't guarantee you a win, but it goes a long, long way towards making you competitive to you to a point where you could win the game at some point in time. I understand what you're saying. I, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I think the Suns' chances of winning this series... They squarely fall on the shoulders of Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. It feels like they're how they shoot right now. They have yeah. to. Yeah. And is that is that a good sign for the Suns going forward? No, I I don't think that is a great sign. I don't. We're going to find out an awful lot, guys. We are. We're going to find out based on means an awful lot over games three and four. The next two games at Footprint Center are going to be huge. And we're going to find out a lot, not only about the Phoenix Suns, but also the Phoenix Suns and their chances of winning this series. Uh, here's Brian Windhorst yesterday. says the Suns aren't done, but there's not a lot of room now. They're not done, but their margin for error is non-existent. I mean, the thing about this game is Kevin Durant missed 17 shots, and he missed 10 threes. And quite frankly, the way they're constructed, they cannot afford Kevin Durant or Devin Booker to have an off game. And now, it's not even that Chris Paul had been playing particularly well. It's that when he was out there on the floor, he was a playmaking option. A guy who could create and get and make his own shot. They just don't have a enough of those players. So they are going back home. They have been very good on balance offensively since Durant came there. But obviously, this is a huge challenge against a Nuggets team that looks like they're playing their best basketball over the last few months. There it is. Right there. And I agree with them 100% right now. These next, I, I can't wait. I can't wait till Friday night to actually see what happens with the Phoenix Suns, how they come out and play, um, who comes out and who is making shots and who is not, and how their offense looks and their defense as well. Just if they, if they come out with the intensity level that they did in Game 3, I, I think they'll be okay. I think they will. But, man, I can't wait to see it. Well, I got to see it before you can believe it, if I they, If they come out with that intensity level, that gives them a chance. And then you basically need Booker and KD to be almost perfect. Not that they have to shoot 100%, but they, they can't mess up. And then then you have a chance to win the game. I'm, I'm still looking at that Ringer story, the highest scoring playoff duos in the 21st century, okay? Shaq and Kobe in 2003, 2001, and 2002. Those are the top three. 
The next one, and this is since 2000, is Devin Booker and Kevin Durant scoring over 55% of the Suns' points in these playoffs. Those guys can't have a bad game. They can't. If if either one of them does, they lose at this point with yep. no Chris Paul. So, <laughs> no pressure or anything, right? Yeah, but you know what? They're built for that. Book, KD, they're built for but it. Even, even those those Kobe-Shaq teams, one of those teams didn't win the title. And if you look at those two teams, Kobe's one of the all-time best. And Shaq, just by the nature of being Shaq, was shooting 70% it felt like every game. Because he, he, when has Shaq ever taken threes and jump shots, right? I mean, his shots are going to go in if he gets them. Uh, all right, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, what should we expect from the Nuggets in Game 3 and how could the Suns potentially take advantage? We'll ask Nuggets analyst for Denver Sports, Jake Shapiro. He'll join us next. It's Wolf and Luke at Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The hottest ticket in town. Fire! Well, if we're playing the sound again, Wolf, that means Mackenzie did not call in, which is good news for you right now if you're listening, because we need a caller number. What what caller? Three. Caller number three right now to 602-260-9870. You will qualify for Suns playoff tickets to Friday or Sunday night's game against the Nuggets. It is the hottest ticket qualifier. And again, listen uh, during 5 o'clock hour today for your name. And you can text ticket to 620-620 to enter if you don't get through right now. We've been talking a lot about the Suns' perspective, obviously, in this series, because that's the perspective we have. But let's go to the other side and get the Denver perspective on the first two games of this series. Jake Shapiro, Nuggets analyst for Denver Sports, is joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line. Jake, thank you for the time. How are you doing? Oh, I'm great. I'm finally enjoying some sunny weather up here. I thought uh, the Suns beat writers and reporters that were out here might see some snow, and I was like, ah, oh, you guys are going to have to turn back for that sunny weather down there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a solid, what, 100 here today? Yeah, <laughs> like, I think so. It's creeping closer, I think, Luke. Uh, all right, Jake, let's let's just start here. Two games into the series, and now it sounds like there won't be a Chris Paul for at least game three. Uh, what's the Denver perspective uh, right now? Is, is this series being viewed like it's over? Is it being viewed like the Suns are still a sleeping giant? You can't let them get going. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I had Nuggets in four going into this series. I am more confident now that the Nuggets are going to sweep the Suns. Uh, the numbers on it all time are 225 and I think 18 or 225 and 22 teams that go up 2-0 in NBA history uh, with those two games being on their home floor and then uh, the following games being on the road. Uh, I, I just don't see a way, fellas, that the Suns win this series. I could see them maybe stealing a game this weekend, but without Chris Paul, the Suns were outscored 46-28 in that game. And I think we all know Chris Paul's not the same Chris Paul that you first got when you when you came to Phoenix, but he is so much better than the other options that the Suns have because not only the Durant trade robbed the depth, but the lack of moves in the offseason and the lack of using that mid-level exception like the Nuggets have and how good Bruce Brown has been in that spot for the Nuggets, they just don't have a depth. Uh, I watched Josh Okoge be absolutely terrified with the ball on the elbow, and from that moment forward, I had no doubts about it that the Nuggets were going to win this series. Wow, that is really, really strong right there. Thank you for saying that. Can I ask you right now, as the number one seed, of course, coming into these playoffs, 
What is what is your biggest concern with the Denver Nuggets? Uh, the number one concern coming into the playoffs was could the Nuggets ratchet up their defense to the levels that they had in crunch time all year? I think they have the third best defense in the fourth quarter in games that were you know five or fewer points. But the Nuggets in general had not been that good of a defense. So the question was, could the Nuggets be that team that they were to close out games over the course of an entire game? And the answer so far through seven games has been a resounding yes. The Nuggets' defense has been awesome. And, I mean, I don't need to tell you guys about your team, but, I mean, you guys get the third best assist getter in NBA history and two of the top ten scorers in NBA playoff history, and they failed to get 90 points in Denver. Uh, the other night. So uh, the Nuggets feel really good about where their defense is. They, they're coming in waves. They're attacking. And that was the number one concern going into the playoffs. I would say right now the number one concern with the Nuggets is who is the number two guy night to night, and can Jamal Murray be just a little bit more consistent? But mm. uh, way smaller of a concern than it was before. We're talking to Jake Shapiro of Denver Sports, and that kind of leads into my next question, Jake. From from our perspective, we saw Jamal Murray go off in Game 1, and, and I made the comment after Game 1. He had 34 points. It felt like he had 54. But then in Game 2, and I know he had 8 assists. I know he's still doing stuff out there, but it, it didn't even feel like he was playing for three quarters of that game. He had a big shot in the fourth. But uh, what did you see in Game 2 that if you're the Suns, you're trying to replicate for Game 3? Yeah, so what was interesting is Monty Williams' adjustment was to basically cut the head off of the snake. And what I mean by that is they were not going to let Jamal Murray score. And what I have found to be the most successful way to beat the Nuggets is to just let Nikola Jokic go off. We talked about this with Prime LeBron. It's a problem when guys start collapsing into the lane and he can make those passes. For the Nuggets, it's the same thing. You'd almost rather Nikola Jokic shoot 25 shots and score 50 points than have the ability to make plays for everybody else. And I think that's kind of what the Suns did in Game 2. I want to be honest with you guys. Jamal Murray was terrible until the fourth quarter. And even though in the fourth quarter he still didn't hit a three, he was awesome because he just needs to be out there with Nikola conducting that two-man game. Uh, the second-best player for the Nuggets all year long was not Jamal Murray or Michael Porter Jr., who, by the way, was a no-show in Game 2. It's been Aaron Gordon. And Aaron Gordon was absolutely fantastic in that game defensively on Kevin Durant. Talk about Michael Malone and the job he has done, Jake. Is this his best year coaching? Well, it's really hard to say it's his best because the bubble for the Nuggets is something that will get remembered forever because they came back from down 3-1 twice. So the mentality that that team had is just so impressive. And you also have to keep in mind with Michael Malone is he's been around for the entire Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. era. So not only has it been like in-game adjustments and all that stuff, but the mentality these guys play with and the developments they've gone under in their NBA careers has been thanks to Michael Malone. So I think Michael Malone often gets overlooked as a coach. I don't always love his rotations. I don't always love his in-game adjustments. But overall, I think he's done a heck of a job. And throughout the league, he's very respected. But I think in the media in general, uh, Michael Malone often gets overlooked as one of the league's better coaches. 
Jake Shapiro of Denver Sports joining us right now. Uh, Jake, on the Sun side of things, Devin Booker did still have 35 the other night. He is second in the NBA playoffs right now, uh, averaging 35.4 points per game, just one-tenth of a point behind Jimmy Butler. Uh, do you foresee the Nuggets throwing any different looks at him, or are they fine if he scores as long as nobody else does? Well, the bet that Michael Malone is making, and, and this goes into what he's doing defensively, is they're essentially trying to give the Suns tough mid-range shots. And Devin Booker and Kevin Durant can cook on those. They're two of the best mid-range shooters of all time. Chris Paul's up there as well, if he's healthy. Um, essentially, the Nuggets bet is this. Tough twos over the course of 48 minutes will not beat us. And if it does beat us in one game, it's not going to beat us over the course of seven games. So the Nuggets are basically doing this math equation of Devin Booker is allowed to cook as long as he's not getting to the rim and as long as he's not hitting threes. Interesting right there. That is excellent stuff by you, Jake. Thank you. How about Jokic? Um, Should he have won the MVP in your opinion? Yeah, he was the best player in the league by far. And I know Nikola Jokic didn't lead the league in scoring like Joel Embiid or have the fairy tale story and all that. But guys, he was the best. They were the best team in the West. He almost averaged a triple double. He shot true shooting wise better than Steph Curry in his prime. Uh, the dude had an absurd year. An absurd year. The best year of his career by far, and that's coming off two back-to-back MVP years. I understand that, you know, people looked at him and said, oh, he can't get it done in the playoffs and all that. Guys, when the Suns beat the Nuggets in four, they, they had Faku Campazo and Austin Rivers and Marcus Howard out there. Like, of course Nikola Jokic wasn't going to win a playoff series like that or running into the Warriors last year who ended up winning the title. So, um, I understand where the league is and how the league is completely controlled by narrative, but I just found it completely weak sauce that you give the MVP to a guy who ducks playing Nikola Jokic again this year in Denver, who hasn't played Nikola Jokic in Denver since 2018, and in that game, Nikola Jokic orchestrated an 18-1 to run to overcome a deficit in the fourth quarter and hit a fourth-quarter buzzer beater over Joel Embiid. So uh, I, I personally, like as a person, like I really like Joel Embiid. I think he's phenomenal. I think he's one of the best players there's ever been, uh, and I give all the flowers to him. This is no hate on Joel. Nikola is one of the greatest offensive players in the history of the game and deserved to be compared to Larry Bird. All right, Jake, we appreciate the time, man. Thank you for the insight, and we, uh, we're we looking forward to the rest of the series now. Yeah, whenever you guys need me throughout the way. I mean, it might be it might be quick here. It might be a little quicker than we anticipated. Well, hopefully not. <laughs> Thanks, Jake. We appreciate it. All right, that's uh, Jake Shapiro of Denver Sports joining us right there. I, the thing with Embiid, I mean, Philadelphia had a better yeah. record than Denver. I understand Denver, and that, that's not like the deciding factor, but this thought that Denver had the best record in the West, Philadelphia had a better record than Denver. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know. Uh, I understand that. I think Joel Embiid deserved the MVP. Uh, he should have probably won something before this also. I mean, there's, there is that with the NBA, but he had never won an award somehow. Yeah. Uh, we come back. How crucial will the relationship between Kyler Murray and Paris Johnson Jr. and Kelvin Beecham, for that matter, be. It's Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. We're 
really just kind of want the Nuggets to lose. Wolf. That's kind of where I am with all this. This this is going to be one of those things where if the Suns don't come back and win the series, it's not going to be like, well, you know, the team that beat my team won the title, so I'm so happy. No, you can go ahead and lose to Golden State. I don't know about the Lakers. Yeah, right now. You can go ahead and lose at some point. You know, really, uh, the Denver Nuggets, um, boy, do I want them to lose right now. I, yeah, there's no <laughs> doubt about it. I do. I, I do. This is, Jake just elevated it for all of us, I think, right we, we now. We were both, we were, we, you and I both said this during the break, and, and I wanted to ask him, like, legitimately ask him. We just didn't have time. There's a lot to get into. And he gave us some really good stuff on, you know, on, on how. Yeah. Basically, how how Denver is approaching this series with Booker and all that, but how do you come into this series picking a Nuggets sweep? Sweet. You could pick the Nuggets. Yeah, you could right. pick the Nuggets in yeah. a fast series. I know a few people that did that, and even when they told me, I was like, "Yeah, it seems kind of crazy." The Suns have a pretty sure. good team, but how do you go into the series and be like, "Sweep, Nuggets"? Sweep. I mean, the, I Sun, know. the Suns only have Booker and Durant and Aiton and Chris Paul. That's not a good team. Just trying to think of that right there. I'm just wondering how many other analysts of you know any ilk. Uh, actually would agree with that. The Nuggets in four. Oh, I mean, now Sweet. I'm sure there's some picking Saw that up. the whole time. I, look, right now, yeah, boy, do I want game three right now. So <laughs> just play right just now. Game play, three. Play it at one today. You know, just one. <laughs> just one time, baby. On back. <laughs> I want to see a bounce back. I said this yesterday. Last year, you start losing to Dallas, you never bounce back. The year before, you start losing to Milwaukee, you never bounce back. It looks bad right now. How about a plot twist? It looks bad, <laughs> and then you win the series. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Where are right. we going in this beautiful part of the we're, world? Uh, we're actually getting into football. What are we doing? Okay. okay. Um, the blood sport. Well, here we go. So, Paris Johnson Jr., you know, obviously the first round pick for the, uh, the, the Cardinals uh, last week, and there was all this talk leading up to the draft. Hey, you know, Kyler Murray wants Paris Johnson Jr. to be the first pick. Well, they picked him. So I think they went to Kyler and said, hey, you're our quarterback who's hurt. Why don't you make the picks for us? No. Uh, But now that you have drafted a guy that you know Kyler gets along with, and you and I talked to Paris Johnson on Friday, and he told us uh, how much that already meant to him that, that, you know, that he met Kyler before he ever got drafted by the the Cardinals. that's not the worst thing in the world that those two like each other. Here's Jonathan Gannon talking about it yesterday. I met with him on that top 30 visit after that had happened, and he kind of told me the same thing. And it, you, you, you don't think about it from our seat or our standpoint as far as these guys are really good college players and, you know, they're in the news and kind of public figures, but they still have an appreciation for guys that have done it and played at a high level. And and truthfully, he was a little starstruck. You know what I mean? Oh my God, like Kyler knows my name. You know what I mean? But um, I think Drew hit on it. All our guys have to feel that sense of connection because you typically, you know, you do a little extra for if you care about people. So um, our guys are starting to create a good bond of that through these last three weeks, and we'll continue to do that. Yeah, what JG is saying is absolutely true, Basin Orleans. There's no doubt about that. If, if you get along in the locker room, it's fantastic. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, there's nothing There's nothing bad that happens if you get along with your teammates. Um, it's only good that can happen, but it doesn't have to be the case all the time. You don't have to get along with everybody in the locker room. As a matter of fact, you are not. I would venture to say right now, if you took 
took 60, 65 human beings and you stuck them into some facility, some work atmosphere, some paradigm, and told them to get along, I guarantee you, even though you provided them with everything they could possibly want, food, a place to sleep, water, whatever it may be, entertainment, at some point in time... You're going to have conflict. <laughs> You're going to have conflict. Probably a little bit. I, I, I don't know that I've ever played on any team in any sport in my life where everybody got along. And I know your story from earlier <laughs> was extreme the other way. But I will say this. With this team right now, it is refreshing to hear the offensive line getting along with the quarterback. That that I specifically will say, because that's kind of been a question for the last couple of years. Not the entire offensive line, but there has been this perception, whether it's right or wrong, that hey, you know some of these guys don't necessarily love Kyler. You know, They get along with them and they tolerate them, but maybe they're not all best friends. Now, I'm not saying that's the case, but that's definitely been the perception around this team now for well over a year. So... If the guy they just took in the first round likes his quarterback and vice versa, and if Kelvin Beecham and Kyler have talked things out and they're on the same page, I don't think that's the worst thing in the world for this specific football team. No, you're right about that. Um, it isn't. You don't have to, though. Again, you don't have to. Everyone thinks it's a prerequisite to actually winning. You've got to have this great relationship inside the locker room, and everybody's got to get along. I, I, I say niet to that. No, you do not. Um, what you have to do is have a modicum of respect for each other. And that's the reason why, again, Calvin Beecham and what Calvin Beecham said right there, Kyler Murray, uh, I, I'm sure he bristled at what Calvin Beecham said. But when Calvin Beecham walked into that locker room from day one, I'll promise you, Calvin Beecham was a guy that wanted to see Kyler Murray do the best that Kyler Murray could possibly be and do. I know that he wanted to see that. And ultimately, this is the kind of thing you have to do. You have to vet each other. You have to have conversations. You you have to talk about things and issues that you might have inside that locker room. It's the reason why I never worried about it with Calvin Beach, because Beach was going to make it right yeah. from day one. You're right. I mean, you have that big of a team, and in those sort of egos and personalities, you got to have people like Beach that are just gonna they're just gonna tell you the truth. They're just gonna just be straightforward. Straightforward. Hey, this this may make me look a little bad in your eyes for a few minutes, but it's gonna clear things up between teammate A and teammate B. And that's just the way Kelvin Beecham's wired. It's not an act. That's just the way he is. Gonna tell you how it is. You gotta have guys like that. And once again, maybe, maybe, just maybe, Kyler Murray might actually take that to heart as well. And look at the person who said it and respect the person who said it and look at himself first and put himself under the microscope, the magnifying glass and say, where do I need to get better? I, this is what every pro should do every year. Where do I need to get better? You know, I you know who does it. Devin Booker does it every year. Book. Great example. The one guy right now in this city who probably doesn't need to get better, but that's why he is who he is. Absolutely. That's the case right there. So the offensive line, once again, especially with Paris Johnson Jr., it's not like the Arizona Cardinals went out and drafted Paris Johnson Jr. because Kyler Murray wanted Paris Johnson Jr. By the way, he's the highest rated offensive lineman for the most part in the draft. 
<laughs> so, you know, uh, hey, look at Kyler and say, Kyler, you got a good eye for talent because he is the best offensive lineman in the draft, at least in my opinion. If you want to look at the trade last year for Hollywood Brown and be like, oh, they went out and got Kyler's friend. I mean, Hollywood Brown's pretty talented, but they did. They went out and traded for Kyler Murray's best friend. Uh, that's a little bit different. This, they took the best offensive lineman on the board. And, and maybe Peter Skaronsky ends up being better or whatever, but right. we're talking about a guy that going into the draft was widely considered either the best or the second best in the draft, and they needed offensive line help. Uh, we come back. What are the three things that must happen for the Suns to win four of the next five games? We'll tell you next in our Suns three-pointer. It's Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.